consumers right now vote for brands that are purpose-led, right? So our, our brand equity with these consumers is better served by thinking long-term than thinking short-term. So that's, that's the perspective that we have. From We First, welcome to Lead with We, the podcast where we challenge top business leaders and founders to reveal exactly how they drive growth and impact at the same time by putting We First. Lead with We is produced by Goal 17 Media, storytellers for the common good. Welcome to this week's episode of Lead with We. I'm really excited to talk about the North Face today because not only are they a really famous brand that everybody knows, but they're also a true sustainability leader, which is so important at this time. Plus, they were one of the brands that were first to lead the charge against Facebook in terms of getting rid of hate speech. And so I'm really excited to welcome Arnie Ahrens, the global brand president of the North Face. Arnie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Simon. Arnie, I've got to ask you, you know, being in the climbing business, being a global brand president of someone like the North Face, that is a life calling. Like, where did your love of climbing come from? Did you spend a disproportionate time at the top of a mountain in a gale force wind and you thought, this is my calling? What was it? Well, I'd love to be, be able to claim that, but I'm, unfortunately, that's not the case. I mean, I grew up in, in, in Holland, in the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, which it's probably one of the flattest countries on earth. You know, kind of unlikely for me to be a climber, but my, my parents did take me to the mountains very early on to ski and to hike and, you know, mostly the Alps in, in the beginning. So I've, lo- I've developed a love for the outdoors from, and, and, and for the mountains for, for being outside in general, just from a very early age on. It makes a lot of sense. And I, I always think that there's sort of two places in life that people find rest, restorative. Like, you know, you can be in the ocean. Like I grew up in Australia in the water and I've got to get in the blue. I've got to get in the water. It kind of makes me a much nicer human being. My wife says I'm much nicer to be around when, I, when I've been in the surf or something. Um, what do you find? How do the, amount, the mountains affect people? Is it the stillness of it? What, what is it that's so powerful about it? Yeah, it's a great question. I think I think nature in general just has a has a soothing and calming effect on people, right? I mean, it's even proven that if you if you go for a twenty minute walk in the in the in the woods, that your adrenaline level drops by so much. So nature has that effect on us in general, whether it's whether it's the ocean. And by the way, I completely share that there's almost for me, there's no better feeling than sitting on your board, kind of looking out, looking out over the water. I mean, it's just so incredible. And in, in a way, the mountains have that same effect as, as certainly they certainly do on me. Kind of that majestic, you, know, you feel so small, right? You look at the mountains and you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm, you, you know, you it's you're kind of in awe of all that of all that beauty. And and, the, and and the majestic side of it, and and that's really what it, you know, what it, what it, what means a lot to me personally as well. And I think for people in general, it's good for your outright, absolutely, probably even more so right now. And you think about COVID, and one of the coping strategies I've used with my family is just to get out and in nature a bit, and even to do it barefoot because you know you kind of ground yourself and you kind of feel the energy of the earth and so on. Because there's so much negativity and stress coming towards us. This whole COVID period has been so tough on business. You know, every retail outlet has been affected. Every brand has been affected. How do you make sure that you still prioritize like sustainability and, you know, um, managing your supply chain the right way at a time when you just kind of want to move product? You've just got to stay in business. How do you calibrate sort of the necessary profit motive and actually being purposeful as well? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a fantastic question, and it, it's something that we that we think about a lot. And there's there's the there's the here and now, and there's and there's the uh, there's the there's the future, right? And we got to kind of do the two things at the same time because you you got to deal with the here and now, which has been super disruptive for 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 everybody around the world, for 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 companies, for individuals, for families, etc. But we also have a you know, we, we we believe that at some point when we're going to come out of this, we want to be in a position where we're where we continue to lead. As one of the industry leaders, we feel we we have an we have an obligation to lead on that front. So you know, sustainability does not take a back seat in the day to day craziness of running the business during during COVID for sure. There are a lot of companies out there doing really impressive things. You know. Um, from managing their supply chain to circular economy to regenerative kind of strategies and so on. How do you actually maintain, as you say, leadership? What do you do above and beyond everybody else? On the sustainability side, what we've committed to, and, and it's pretty much the biggest thing that we can do is to have, is by 2023 to have 90% of all of our product content be, be recycled. And, and as a matter of fact, it's 100% of our polyester, which is a, a lot of, a lot of the, the product content that we have, is going to be recycled. Now, when, when I tell you that 60 to 70% of all, our, our entire footprint comes from, our, from, comes from product and the content there, that tells you that that is probably the single biggest impact that we can, that we can make, right? So, so that's one. Uh, secondly, the down that we use in our, in our, in our down jackets is, a, is 100% certified and responsibly sourced. As a matter of fact, back in 2017, we kind of we set up a you know the trend a transparent supply chain around down and shared that with the entire industry, so that you know that we we can make sure that animals that are where down is a byproduct are actually treated fairly within that supply chain. So that's something that we did back back in 2017 already. So there's a couple of a couple of things that that are you know high on, high on our list. We um, we also started a, a program that's called Renewed, which with the Renewal Workshop, which essentially is about the circular economy, right? So getting used product back in the hands of people so that it doesn't have to go into landfill, and that's that's a that's a really successful project that we started about a year and a half ago, and that's uh, that's that's well well up and running. All of these initiatives are so important, yet at the same time, I think the entire apparel industry faces this challenge of how do you go from less bad to more good? How do you go from having, you know, less landfill or less products going to waste to really net positive products and so on? So how do you lurch the whole industry forward so that it's really making a positive difference? Because all these issues we're trying to solve for are so serious and the timelines are so short that we've got to think in completely different ways. So how do you get to that stage? You know, as the, the, um, what what you've seen over the last let's say 10 10 15 years or so is that the amount of the amount of product because of very quick product product cycles which is you know to a large extent also driven by fast fashion that the the amount of product that people buy and own but then also kind of throw away into landfills has really has really ballooned so as outdoor companies, we've we've always been sort of on the other side of this, right? Our our product. I mean, when I when I speak to people and I tell them that, that I'm with the North Face, everybody always has their 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 favorite jacket from you know from 20 years ago, and they're like, oh, I can't believe how 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 great this jacket still is, and the quality is phenomenal. One of the things that we're trying to do is you know make make the quality of our product so good that it actually doesn't need to end up in a landfill. And if it does, then let it be made out of recycled material so the impact is lower, right? And, and, and even better, 
could we recycle it? Could we, you know, through our through our, our, our collaboration with the Renewal Workshop, could we bring it back into, could we repair it? Could we clean it and get it back into the hands of people so it gets a second life? And I think we can have a we can have a, a pretty big impact on the on the category on the on the industry as a whole. So when we when we lead by example, and there's a there's a couple other companies like you know for example Patagonia who's doing a, they're doing a phenomenal job as as well, and and you know those those companies are are examples for for other companies in this space that then hopefully will follow. And. Aren't you, in a sense, putting yourself out of business? It's kind of like, oh, let's repair what we've already made and let's make sure that we give products a second life. And that's kind of certainly seems to compete with the bottom line. How does that shake out? I don't think that I don't think they're a uh, they they contradict each other, right? I mean, on the one hand, making sure that the, your your product is as high quality as possible, so that it doesn't have to go into landfill, doesn't compete with the fact that there's there's always new categories and new growth opportunities that you can pursue with with consumers, right? So I think you can do both at the at the same at the same time, and that's that's really what our what our what our business model is 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 built on. Our footwear business, for example, we're, we're primarily an, an apparel company and, and our footwear business right now is, is a fairly small percentage of our business and we're, we're growing that very fast. So that's a ma- massive growth opportunity. So that then makes up for a lot of the, you know, the potential, the potential things that we don't sell on the apparel side. So there, the market's big enough. There's, an, there's, there's enough consumers that still want to get outside and have a great time. So we're not, we're not worried about that at all. And, and tell me, I mean, you know, you and I have both sat in a lot of boardrooms where these sorts of decisions are made and you've got the CFO at the end of the table frowning at you going, hey, we better make, make sure we've got a good next quarter. Like, who wins? Like, do you sit there and go, okay, the casting vote in every situation is let's go back to our purpose and therefore let's make that right decision? Or is it on a case-by-case basis? What is that sort of decision-making process? So in the end, what we want to be is a, is a, is a purpose-led company. And I think that in the end is going to, is going to be more, more important than the sale that we make today. You know as well as I do that, that consumers right now vote for brands that are purpose-led, right? 70 to 80% of consumers prefer brands that, that, are, that are purpose-led and that, that are living their values on a day-to-day basis, which is a long-term play, right? So our, our brand equity with these consumers is better served by thinking long-term than thinking short-term. So that's, that's the perspective that we have. Now, is that true for every individual decision that we make in the, in the right here and the right now? You know, if I'm really honest, probably not, right? Because there's sometimes there are these things that if you, if, if, the, if quarter end is, is, is coming, <clears throat> or year end, and we have we have to make some commercial decisions. We will, like like any other company would. But in you know the 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 the, the purpose led lens is is absolutely overriding from a long from a long term perspective for us all day long. And and are you seeing the difference to your bottom line when you make these right decisions? When you kind of align your supply chain, we see a lot of data out these days out there these days talking about consumer preferences and stuff like that. But does it really translate? Do you go, you know what, we've made a short term and long term commitment to doing the right thing. And you know what, in terms of repeat business or this or that, we really do see it showing up. Yeah, it it does. We have a number of a number of sustain, sustainable um, uh, products in in our line right now. For example, our, our Thermal Ball Eco line, which is essentially is um, it's synthetic insulation. So it's not a down jacket, but it's a synthetic insulation that it, a jacket that keeps you warm. And we introduced our the Eco version of that, which essentially you know is made from from recycled plastic bottles. 
And what we're seeing is that that sales on on those jackets versus last versus last year, despite the fact that we're in a very tough, a very tough situation are actually increasing. It's an interesting time for any brand and business more broadly, because, as you say, it's getting more purposeful and so on. But it's also inadvertently becoming more political because you're wading into these issues that have been politicized. Rightly or wrongly, they just seem to, you know, bleed into the political sphere now. And you were one of the brands that led the charge against Facebook by, you know, boycotting ads for a month because you wanted to make a stand against hate speech. And when I saw that, I was really impressed. I thought to myself, honestly, I was like, you know what? It's a really important issue to address, but also it's, it's, it's risky. You know, are you shooting yourself in the foot? You don't want to sort of bite the hand that feeds because you do so much advertising on Facebook. And truth be told, if you read anything about the history of Facebook, they could respond in very aggressive ways. So help us understand how you came to that decision. And then more importantly, how did you decide to be one of the first out there? Yeah, that's that, that's a that's a great question, and you know, it, again, this comes back to us living our living our values on a on a day to day basis, right? And one of, one of our one of our values as a company is is building community, and 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 we want to build a global equitable community around the outdoors. And what we were seeing is that the the way that um, that you know the information was shared on the on the Facebook platform whether that was confirmed or or unconfirmed information was just running rampant and we felt that that the hate speech that was coming through the platform which we could also see you know through our through our own posts etc cetera, etc cetera, was just not something that was in line with with our values anymore because it actually it actually pit people against each other versus creating a connection which is for us what building community is is all about so we felt it was time to uh, to take a stand and you know it, it so it, it kind of became an easy an easy uh, decision you know, when we spoke to the NAACP and the ADL around the, the Stop Hate for Profit movement, and when they when they contacted us, we said, yeah, this is totally in line with what we believe in, and, and, and we're on board. So that's how we came to that decision. I remember years ago that, you know, when um, everyone was starting to use their avatars, their little pictures of themselves, and they'd put images over their picture for a day to, you know, champion a cause. And and it was, you know, Pride Day and this brand, this apparel brand, actually, that we were working with is sort of like, oh, my gosh, if we do that, is the world going to explode? Is it going to be positive or negative? So what's it like? Do you sit there and go, which way is this going to go? Is it going to blow up in our face or is it going to be great? What, what was that like? Uh, I'll be honest with you. We, we, we didn't know what was what was going to happen, right? Because we were the we were the first major brands out there to make this commitment. <clears throat> so it even after like 30, 45, 60 minutes we could see this gain and an incredible momentum and and you know pretty much around the globe right away so fairly soon we noticed that the that the sentiment was positive and how do you measure success here because you know there's a lot of media coverage of the issue especially as more and more brands got on board and so on but you know july passed and as i understand it you know, millions of pieces of hate speech, what has been recognized or identified as hate speech content have been removed by Facebook. But did you achieve the result that you wanted? I think the main, the main result time for us was, was the fact that we, that, that we could engage in a serious dialogue with Facebook about, about their, about their policies and, and the way they run the platform. Right. And I think that's, that's resulted in a, in a very constructive dialogue that by the way, still, still is, is ongoing. 
and they've they've clearly indicated you know that they're 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 making change and they're um, they're they're improving and by the way they have which is which is great and we'll continue that dialogue so you know I think that was probably the most important the most important success success criteria for us is kind of ra- raising the issue addressing it and then engaging in the dialogue to make to make things better and to make change and, and are you taking confidence from this that you know brands when they work together have a little bit more muscle whether they're advocating for policy change with politicians or whether they're pushing back against social media platforms on which you depend do you think this is something that you're going to see more of moving forward the private sector working together this way I, I think so. I mean, obviously, we have a very, you know, we're part of VF Corporation, which is a very powerful coalition of, of brands that, that has that has quite some scale. Right. So when we as a company address uh, address you know, challenges and, and, and issues there, you know, we have we have an open an open ear and we can actually drive drive a lot of change, which, you know, the corporation has on, on, on many fronts and then joining forces with brands in the in the industry you know, makes that makes that even more powerful around the topic of, you know, whether that's whether that's sustainability or, or public lands, which is a, a really big topic here, you know, for for a lot of outdoor brands in the in the United States or whether it, it is on, on certain social issues. So I, I think that's for sure that's the case. If there's one issue top of mind as we look to the future, it's probably the climate crisis. So What's your vision for how the North Face is going to show up in the next five to 10 years to take on climate crisis? Well, we're, we're going to continue to work as a, as a s- sustainable brand, right? And I, I, I mentioned a couple of the, uh, the initiatives around whether that is recycle or, or recycle material or our, our down standard uh, or, or, the, uh, or our efforts around circularity. And I think these are only going to, these are only going to increase in importance. So especially the the, the the circular economy topic I think is going to be a really big one right and it you know, we, we talked about it earlier it's 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 a it's a double-edged sword because if we bring bring stuff back into into the into the cycle we can't sell new stuff but we, we do believe that long term this is the most impactful way in which we can contribute to you know to this this big crisis that is sort of looming over our head and again we believe that we have there's many there's many growth opportunities left for us to be able to to do this at scale and still be a, a, a profitable growth company. And and give us all a piece of advice. I mean, we're only really going to change our thinking and behavior around the environment and, and climate if it really touches us, if it really moves us. You know, here we are in COVID, we're staring at our screens all day long, we're social distancing, we're inside. If there was one thing you could ask all of us to do. To kind of reconnect to nature and understand what's at stake here, what would you suggest? Every every time I, I I go out there, whether that's in the whether that's in the woods or the mountains or or in the ocean, it's it's just it just kind of reconnects me with not not just myself, but with 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 other people as well, right? Which is which is one of the things that we with with our purpose are trying to do: getting people outside to connect with themselves, but also connect to other people because. We we believe that the world needs that more more than it probably at any other point in history right now, and it, that's actually a, that's actually a, 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 a fact 
that if people spend more time in the outdoors, they're actually more willing to protect it. So we've, you know, for 10 years, we've run the Explore Fund, which is really our way of, of supporting people to get, to get outside. This has been aimed, uh, you know, primarily at, at underprivileged kids, but it's, it's, it's across the board, right? We inspire people to go outside and to spend time in nature, and we'll continue to do that because that is one of the ways in which people can really feel what, what it is that, that, they, that, is, that is worth protecting, and they will put in the effort. So that is, that is work that we're going to continue full force for sure. Arnie, thank you so much for all the insights today. And, and as Arnie says, let's all get out there into the natural world. It's really good for us individually. It's good for us together. And it really positions us to take care of our future. So thanks, Arnie. Really appreciate that, Simon. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Lead With We, where I spoke with Arnie Ahrens, the global brand president of The North Face, who shared with us how you actually make sustainability work for your business and the planet, and how they took a really strong stand against Facebook in a way that not only built their business, but changed business altogether. And what it means to be a leading company in these really challenging times. You can subscribe to Lead With We on Apple, Google, or Spotify, and do recommend it to your friends and colleagues so that we can all make a difference more quickly together. If you'd like to learn more about how you can build a purposeful brand, check out wefirstbranding.com where we have lots of free resources and case studies. See you on the next episode of Lead With We.